This is episode 16. In this episode, my cousin and I decide to go turkey hunting. We spend four days in a new area with primitive weaponry. And you'll have to listen to how it goes, but it is pretty fun. Uh, We learned a lot, hiked our butts off, and came home with a lot. So, here we go. Let's hope you enjoy this episode. And it should be fun. Welcome to the Mediocre Outdoors Podcast, where we talk about everything outdoors. After living with teenagers, I decided that I have a lot of knowledge left and nobody really to give it to. So, I created this podcast so that I can give my information and my knowledge to you guys and pass it forward. But, uh, anyways, fucking cheers, man. To it. To it and things. Mm-hmm. Oh, my sweet baby Jesus. Yeah, I'll put hair on you. Or strip it completely off. Mm. That's like Nair. Oh, yeah, dude. That's, that's, that's basically Peyton Leonard. <laughs> uh, that's the good stuff. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, um, today we're going to recap. The uh, the turkey hunt we had last week. Sweet. So, um, as I do with everybody, I'll let you introduce yourself. Okay. Tell everybody who you are. Uh, plug your business if you want. I will. And I'll then plug we'll, all three of them. <laughs> and then we'll go from there. So all right. You got the floor. Josh Winky, high-tech building and design. I'm a third owner and operator of a custom home building company. I have a furniture company and crafting company that I'm starting with my wife. The website is winkiescreationandrestorations.com. And then I have a YouTube channel called Skewed View that uh, has all the videos of all my nonsense going on. Right on. Okay. So my first question I ask everybody is what are you drinking? Well, I'm drinking Red Hook IPA, Mm -hmm. Long Hammer, and whatever you brought out in the clear jug. Let's just say it's clear liquor. We'll leave it at that. Woo! (laughs) Woo! Uh, all right, so uh, I'm also drinking a Red Hook IPA Long Hammer. I haven't had one of these in a long time. Mm-hmm. A good Pacific Northwest beer. That's right. Um, so turkey, the turkey trip. Um, what did you What did you have for expectations before we decided to go over there? Well, I did have the expectations of seeing animals, man, and we saw a lot, which was to me the best part. Um, killing something, neither here nor there. There's plenty of chances to kill stuff, but. Uh, seeing all the animals, man, and seeing the, the terrain. And uh, speaking of, I checked all my tracking on my phone. Yeah. We walked 22,000 steps a day yeah. when we were there. We were hoping it, man. <laughs> yeah, we were. We, were we did some hiking, man, and we have some beautiful footage of that stuff, too. It's just abs- absolutely gorgeous country. Um, I loved seeing the animals. It was awesome, man. There was deer, turkeys, yeah. marmots. I mean, you name it, man. I, don't, I, I think it was everywhere. It was awesome. Yeah, ground squirrels, all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Yeah, and the thing for me that that I thought was kind of cool about that trip that I didn't really, I was trying to figure out what was going on because I've never been in that scenario turkey hunt, which I'm not, I'm not an expert turkey hunter, you know, I've killed, God, me either. I've killed, uh, you know, half a handful of them. Yeah, five, I've killed five, two with a bow and arrow, three with shotgun. Yeah, I've got three, all shotguns, Mm -hmm. so, but I've I've spent, you know, a pretty good section of a decade hunting those things, and, and for Directly where we live, they're not they're not a native bird, but uh, they are very prevalent 
you know, within a couple hours. Right. So, um, anyways, but what I learned about these birds, and we'll get into it later, is that we ended up having to drop the calling and just chase the birds down. Yeah. There was a lot of chasing them down. A lot down, of man. chasing. And, uh, and here we were thinking that it was more that they were just done breeding and they were just kind of being turds. And uh, what I'm starting to, <clears throat> to hear from other guys that I listened to this week, uh, turkey hunters and, and different people, podcasters and whatnot, is that they are <clears throat> they are seeing the same thing. And what they're coming to is that that's normal. You might only get one bird to come in out of ten. Right. But I think that they live in an area, you know, most of those guys live in an area where seeing 20 toms a day or even 10 toms a day is not right. a big deal. Right. And you're going to have get one of them to come in. You're going to have a lot more opportunities out of 20 of them to get them to come to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, we're, we're seeing two, three. Yeah. I mean, if we're lucky. I, I mean, I thought we were really damn lucky to see as many yeah. uh, gobblers as we did, but... Uh, where I've hunted in other areas where if you see one bird the entire you trip. You feel real good about it. Yeah, well, even Especially over here. That's how it is yeah. over here. I mean, I know several locations within 20 miles of where we're sitting right here, but the thing is, is finding them right. in the underbrush. At least over there, you can see them from a distance. You can see where they're right. at. And there's enough of them that you could stumble in on one. Yep. Here, you better have those things pinpointed. You better know exactly where they are because there's five of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you yeah. know. And you got to go through underbrush that's neck high. <laughs> yeah. And more likely on private property. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Um, and that's what, you know, on the YouTube channel and everything, I'm sure we'll, you know, people will see later maybe some of the stuff that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. But um, that well, was that- one thing I wanted to bring up real quick is that we – at first, I was thinking we were kind of screwing up or we were doing something wrong, and I just don't think it is. I think no. it's just the odds of... Well, the last two days, that's all we did was we kind of hunted silent. And then yeah. we had... I know I got closer to a shot on those last two days than the first two days when we thought we could call them to us. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I noticed the same thing. Well, let's start Let's start with the beginning of the trip. So, we got ready. What, what did we figure? Two weeks ahead of time, we kind of knew this was coming down the pipe. Yep. And as soon as the governor decided to let us go turkey hunting, uh, we pretty much jumped on the boat. Made a plan. Yep. Yeah. So uh, for everybody that's listening, at this point in time, uh, it's the second week of May. They just opened up fishing and the rest of turkey season. and uh, But you couldn't stay anywhere. You couldn't camp on state land. Um, you couldn't camp, period. And so for us, we happened to be lucky enough uh, that me and Josh had a friend over there uh, in the area that we hunt and a good longtime friend, and we were able to commandeer his garage. So we didn't have that. We got to do our social distancing because we have this giant empty garage we could we or shop, whatever, that we could stay in. Uh, we could stay apart other than in the truck, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Pretty and, evident that both of us aren't sick at this point. Yeah, right. Like we've been we've been home for several weeks. Nothing's happened. We're we're pretty confident that we're in good shape. Uh, and then also my buddy that lives over there, we made sure that we cooked our own food and, and we're completely yeah. self sufficient. We never went in their house. Stayed no. away from the family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So worked out um, really well. Yeah, and I and I really appreciate that on their part. The screwed up part of that whole thing is is that once we hit federal ground on this particular area. What what we see? 20, 30 campers? 
Uh, I think that's probably a real underestimate. I got to be honest with yeah. you. There was people was, everywhere and they were six to a campsite and the yeah. whole campground was full. And I'm pretty sure we have footage of it when we hit it on, put it yeah. on YouTube. It was pretty incredible. We were trying to figure out if maybe we missed something while we were on the road. <laughs> right. Like, like if, if the governor had given camping privileges or something. Uh-huh. But yeah. What we came down to is that it was just fed ground. Uh, apparently the fed ground wasn't enforcing camping. And the locals figure that out, and wham, bam, uh, they said, screw you, we're going to hit. Yep, and they so, had everybody there. Woo. Oh, yeah, there was a whole damn family. Um, ATVs, UTVs, uh-huh. side bikes. Side, it was, they were everywhere. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, it looked like Memorial Weekend. Mm, it did, and yeah. I think that might have stifled, especially at least the hunting in that area. I guarantee that stifled it. Oh, well, we see the snowshoe hair. <laughs> Yes, and, we did. And an odd, it was an odd trip because coming down that mountain of full of campers, and then we get up to the top where there's snow and there should be nobody, and we turn around and we just see the steady stream of like college chicks in cars right? passing, passing us going us. up the hill. Uh-huh. I still don't know what the hell that was. Right about, up to but, the middle of nowhere too. Yeah, because we just, were yeah we were out there a ways. Yeah, probably about thirty miles from the nearest paved road. Yes, yep. um, on the back end of a mountain, damn near in another county. Almost in another state. Almost in a, almost in a different country. That is true. Yeah, very so true. <laughs> it was it was pretty crazy, actually. Yeah, very weird, um, and it was Oregon plates too. Remember? Yeah, a lot of them were out of state plates. Uh huh. So and a steady stream, like um, at least a car every three or four minutes, which is pretty odd when you're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I would say it was roughly probably about thirty vehicles, uh-huh. 25, 30 vehicles. Yeah. So, um, yeah, super weird. And they were, you know, they weren't associated with the campgrounds because those were all below. No, definitely not. Um, so we decided to do the mature thing and get the fuck out of there. Uh huh. Get the hell out of Dodge, man, before. Yeah. So, but, uh, anyways, yeah, it, well, let's, yeah, now we're just rambling again. Let's get back, get back to the trip. So, two weeks before we decide, hey, we're doing this thing. We're going to go. We get all our shit together. We get our organization of who's bringing what. And, and we kind of packed. Light. Um, we kind of did this before last year, our first time yeah. with. Uh, well, last year was a little more Rambo style archery, man, which yeah. was which was actually pretty fun, man. Just camping in the back of the rig and cooking stuff just in your jet boil. That right. was that was actually pretty exciting, man. And literally all we did was slept in the bed of your truck with the with the uh, tonneau cover pulled right. tight, and then climbed back out and hunting first thing in the morning. That was yeah. I don't mind that so much. That was pretty good. Well, the thing I love about that, was, you know the. It was all kind of just fun, but the best part for me was catching that that cutthroat oh, yeah. and being able cooking that cutthroat up with some onions and some chanterelles we found. Uh-huh. And it was just like, yeah, that was badass. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, believe me, I tell everybody that story too. Yeah, it's great. It's like we go out with nothing. Okay, we have to catch something for dinner, literally, or we're going to go hungry this evening. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, or we're going to have to choke down some mountain house. Uh huh. Yeah. So. um yeah, anyways, so we get our stuff, we get our food ready, and we kind of go, we pretty much go an all-meat diet for the most part. We did. Porterhouse, yeah. tuna. Tuna, yeah. Mushrooms. Uh, bacon, sausage. Bacon, sausage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much went uh, carnivore. Yeah, we, we did. Carnivore uh-huh. and beer. Which is helpful for 22,500 steps a day up terrain that is... I showed everybody the pictures when I got back. I went yeah. back to the house and showed everybody the pictures, and they were like, what are you people doing? Are you guys out of your mind? How are you going to put something on your back and walk that for 
nothing for not catching anything. And hiking that expanse was incredible. I remember we were standing on top of this rocky knoll. Yeah. And we looked up and took a picture of this little tiny green spot in the middle of the trees. And it had to have been a minimum of five miles away. Yeah. And we just beelined it straight for that, well, which which is a benefit, I, honestly. Which The, is, reason, I tell, the I t- reason we did that uh-huh. is because when I was on that other side, I was chasing a turkey, and I happened to look up and put my binoculars on that meadow, that spot, and there's five turkeys in full strut dancing around on top of it. So right. it's like, oh, shit, there's the magic circle. Uh-huh. So, but, but the benefit for me is the great thing, as I tell everybody that I talk to, is that my, uh, my cousin here, he works for uh, the Department of Natural Resources. So he spends 90% of his days out in the woods, literally, all the time. Yes. So for me, it's, it's a great experience because I get to go with this guy that is used to walking in this stuff, and it helps to my ability to, to gain a little bit, too. See, but that's what's <laughs> funny is that I felt this whole entire trip that with the new boots that I have, so I went and bought myself. Inc- incredible. Holy shit. Yeah. The Ferrari of boots. They are, they are nice, but the sole is so stiff. It's really hard to sneak, you know, <clears throat> and so, but they are, they are uh, uh, a Loa uh, Tibet is what they're called, and they're a great boot, super comfortable, but I never got an issue with my foot one the whole trip, and they're fairly new boots, like, I mean, I maybe put a half a mile on them before that trip, Yeah. so they're not even broken, um, but because the sole is so thick and so stiff, because um, it's made for more rocky terrain, you know, that right. it's more of a mountaineering, right. European mountaineering boot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, uh, in that kind of country, there's a lot of needles, there's a lot of sticks, and I felt like a guy that walks in the woods every day, I felt like I was being a little loud when I was sneaking. Like, I felt like it could have been a lot quieter. Uh, and the only way it could have been more quiet was to slow down even more. Right. Right. And basically take a step every 15 count. Mm-hmm. And, but the problem with that is you never get anywhere. Them damn no. turkeys are going to yeah. see you from 200 yards yeah. out and be gone. Exactly. And that's the biggest problem with a turkey, too, is the eyesight, man. Yeah. They can see you like a hawk, a, a bird of prey. Oh, they man. Ha- they have eyes like a bird of prey. It's which like is... wear, they're like wearing 10-power binoculars all yeah. the time. Yeah. Because the few times that I got within 60 yards, they were definitely seeing me and bolting by the time. And I was in... Full camo, full ghillie suit. I mean, I was pretty invisible. Yeah. I was definitely invisible to a human being. Right. Those two guys walked right up on me. It took them till they were 25 yards away before they even saw me. So those birds, man, they can see that little tiny flick of movement, no matter how slow you're moving. Even if, like you said, when you when you crest the hill and you just peek your head over just so you oh, can yeah, see. Any movement at all. Yeah, and, and they're gone. They're head down and running, man. Yeah, yeah. away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that was the issue, right? So... The other issue was is that we could get them to shot gobble. Right. But I've never seen this before. Like, usually I can get a turkey to shot gobble, and he'll mill around, and he'll strut, and he'll be pissed off and, and spit and fluff his wings and do all this. Dancing around. Yeah, yeah doing all his, his leck stuff. and uh, But usually they'll kind of hold their ground for a little bit. Yep. These birds, man, you make one call, they would call back. And basically give you the fu and bolt and bolt the opposite direction. Yep. And we even surrounded them, man. Yeah. It we, doesn't matter if you use uh, if you use a hen cluck, a crow call, an owl hoot, nope, a car door shut, a gobble. It didn't matter. They were they would call and run. Yep. Gobble gobble and gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
But anyway, except for yeah, except for the ones that were more human um, acceptable, the ones that were on private property. Yeah, that was you could sit story. there and play with those guys all day long. But then again, they're in a place you can't kill them. That's because so. they're smarter than us, right? And they're uh-huh. like, we know you can't shoot us, asshole. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're gonna sit right here in this driveway and strut. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah these people, these people don't mind us being here. Yeah, you can't get us while we're here, so we're gonna stay right here. Yeah, we're gonna give you the primary feather uh-huh. and uh, tell you to hit the road, Jack. <laughs> so, but yeah. Um, anyways, so we get over there. First of all, what was it? Seven and a half hour drive. Yep. Yeah, seven and a half hour drive. So. For the people out there that are listening, uh, they're thinking about getting a truck. Uh, I own my first diesel, and I'm not plugging diesel or, or any particular company. But all I'm saying is that I have a big three-quarter ton crew cab long box, monster of a truck, and we got 22 miles a gallon all the way over there and back. It made me rethink my truck. I have to tell you that. I gotta yeah. be. I gotta be honest with you, man. We, it we really... made it 800 miles in a hundred dollars in fuel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Ridiculous. In- incredible, yeah. actually. Yeah, it was really incredible. Matter of fact, I think the whole time, I think we only, I think we spent less than $200 yes. in fuel, and that's there and back and hunting. hunting. for three and a half days. Yes. So. So that's incredible, because if it was my vehicle. Right. We would have spent probably pretty close to $600 in fuel. Yeah. So, I mean, like anything else, you're going to pay up front. For the diesel over the gas. Yeah. And you're going to pay in the back when it comes to maintenance and parts. Yep. But as far as fuel economy goes, you can't beat it, man. Right. All the power in the world. Yeah. Uh, great fuel economy. I'm a gas guy, too. And i got to be honest with you. My always biggest concern with any kind of diesel thing is the noise yeah. and the smell. You'd think you'd smell the diesel in the cab, but it's it, yeah. it's a beautiful rig, man. It, yeah. It, now with the DEF, the yeah. DEF take care, takes care of all the smell. Right. And then as long as you don't go and be a dipshit and cut all that crap off of there and, right. and straight pipe it, yeah, they're they're pretty damn quiet. Well, I'm just saying, it had plenty of power because yeah. a few times somebody burned the tires off. Just well, saying. Hey, you know, sometimes <laughs> you just got to do that. Sometimes you got to level out the tread. That's right. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, so we, we get over there uh, and the first day and... Uh, the first first day we see Turkey. The first yeah. day we see turkey on private property, and we see turkey on public property. The first lake we stopped hand. at, yeah. yeah. But the first lake we stopped at, we still see turkey, man. We see sign of the animals being there that we're there for. So that to me, that to me is the best part. And regardless of what the hunt ends up being, um, seeing the animal and knowing that you're actually there for that purpose, you see what you're there for. It's right there. Yeah, it's it, attainable. It's all up to you after that. So right. that's the most important part. It makes me. it re- completely relatable. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And the trip worth it. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. No, it absolutely did. And that's and that's the thing, especially anytime I've gone to a place where I haven't had time to scout, and you you have to e scout or um, you know the Onyx thing is nice now because oh, beautiful because I can call up people that I know in that area and they can get they can send me points. They can send me, you know, information that I can find a spot myself. Yep. Um, I wish the I wish that they could figure out a way because I always have my on it GPS works really well. It yeah. locates me on the map. I wish they could figure out a way to transfer points to each other through just the GPS instead of through oh, cell signal. Cell signal because that would be hugely beneficial to everybody because the GPS well, you can't always airdrop works. It. But uh, you have if to we be were close enough. Yeah, you yeah. have to be within range. Mm. Um, 
So you could airdrop it or Bluetooth it, but you'd have to be... So we could have a a meetup point during the day, airdrop the points where we saw animals and then split up. Because that was the best... I think that was the time I got closest to animals when you and I picked different places to go to and then met up later on. Right. Now, the other thing we could do, if we really wanted to get schmancy, is that you can get... Now, did you see what our friend Travis had? That rhino? Have you seen the rhino? Uh Uh-uh. So the Rhino is basically a Garmin GPS, okay. which you can get the Onyx uh, app on there. App, well, yeah, the Onyx uh, software. Okay, and it has all the topo lines and all the layers and all that stuff. And it's a it's a SIM card you can throw in there Ooh. or an SD card, whatever. And it's also a radio. Okay, so you can actually send. I'm pretty sure you can actually send people your waypoint. On that oh, machine, dude, see that's the that's the ticket, man. Yeah, and they're they're like they're under two hundred bucks, I think. The other um, thing too, the other thing I think that definitely for more of this, because I think this is probably going to happen more often yeah. for us. We need something that we can communicate. Oh yeah, we need like the throat, like yeah, the, the seal silently, throat, throat man. Throat yeah, because I tell you that was the worst having that the the two way key up. Yeah, that would be cool if that was eliminated if it was hands free. Right. Yeah. Well. So and that, that I'll I'll get more to that later. Uh, there's a part that I want to talk about that for sure in the hunt. But so we get there the first night, and we were a little early. We we're afraid that people that we were say at their place they were going to be at work. So we went out and did some scouting that evening. Cause yep. We, were, yep. we got in what like two or three in the afternoon. Yep. And so uh, the area that we were actually going to hunt was what. Four or five miles from the place we're staying. Pretty close. It was close, man. Yeah, it was, that was super close. Just down the road. Great location. Um, and so we went out and did some scouting to get familiar with the area, get familiar with the roads, uh, find out what the rules and regulations were for the area we were hunting, which actually we were hunting a, uh, a federal, uh, but it is a wildlife refuge, uh, federal fish and wildlife, uh, U.S. fish and wildlife refuge. And um, it was... Uh, pretty cool but they have different rules some some wildlife refuges you can actually hunt on some you cannot and so you have to check with the rules and regulations on each one because most of them you cannot hunt on but yeah this particular one 80 um, percent of them you can't hunt on actually usually it's uh yeah it's a refuge for that particular wild, reason it's, yeah it's a, a waterfowl refuge yeah. yeah and those ones even those ones some you can but Mostly around here in the PNW. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think the problem over there, too, I think the only reason you can hunt over there is because the amount of animals, the turkeys yeah. and the mule deer or the whitetails, yeah. holy God, they're everywhere. You yeah, can't you, throw a rock without seeing yeah, one. Yeah, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting one. Yeah, for sure. Except for us. We, 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 we couldn't hit one anything. Well, we couldn't hit one, but yeah. we sure saw all yeah. Of them. Yeah. Well, I guess we had our opportunities to hit one, too, mm. but... Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that for a well, second. Well, let's finish the first one. <laughs> I want to kind of do this in sequence. So, okay. So we go, we do our scouting. We go find a map of the area. We go to the information center, the ranger station, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Uh, we got all the information, all the big boards. We grabbed a map with all the details on them, what roads are open, what areas are open, what you can hunt, what you can't, what you can do, what you can't do. And from there, we just went exploring and started driving the roads. Um there's a bunch of different ponds, actually, on this, or small lakes uh, in this area. It's, it's mostly, uh, I would say it's a working forest. It seemed to be like it they seemed were, to be. They were, they were selectively logging, yeah, for sure, yeah. right? So Cleaning up underbrush, lemon trees, yeah. For the east side, it was pretty good logging. Um, they, don't, they don't 
clear cut like they do nope. on the West Side. Nope. So yeah, it was it was it was being heavily managed. Um, and so we drove through that. It wasn't like prairie land or marshland, but there was there was little wetlands and little marshlands and ponds and stuff here and there throughout. And uh, anyways, we get to the back of this thing, we find this pond, we decide to do a little fishing. Yep. Um, so we did a little fishing and uh, screw it and decided to go eat some food and get a hold of our uh, host. And on our way back around the lake, we come across a hen turkey. Yes, which, we did. Which we didn't know was a hen. No, because we saw a turkey and we were like, oh, really? First day? Yeah. Let's get that thing. So I bailed out with the bow. Right. Ran over there, got within... 45 yards roughly and went oh well that's a hen dang it so well what kind of boat do you use Hoyt Hoyt yes the Nitrix 2019 and I know you're not a big fan of the Hoyt but I tell you what I love the way that thing shoots I love it it's quiet it's not that I'm not a big fan I just hate that stupid bar thing they got by the handle that drives me nuts and it's I know that sounds superficial right I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean because it's like um, it's like Nike. Yeah. Right. It's it's so commercialized. It kind of defeats the <sighs> defeats the ambiance of it. Right. Right. You, you you want it to be a special thing, especially archery. You want it to be this special thing, and then it's like, hey, Nike's got a bow and arrow. Yeah. Every, yeah. every douchebag has got one of these. Yeah. Exactly. Right. right. And they got the hat, and they got the wristband, yeah. and and I'm with you, man. But I got to tell you, I have shot. I've been shooting bow and arrows since probably I was twenty. I'm 47 now, so 27 years of bow and arrows. I've been through three different brands, Matthews, um, which are beautiful bows. But I got to tell you, the Hoyt, man, it's the most quiet and uh, accurate for me. Accuracy is key because I like to try to shoot everything with a bow and arrow, which probably isn't the smartest thing. Because turkeys, honestly, especially the turkeys we were chasing, definitely should have been shot with shotgun. Yeah. Um, And we'll get to that story, I think. A couple of them. (laughs) But, yeah, I like the Hoyt, man. I like the way it shoots. I like the limbs. I like how small it is and compact. When I'm going through the brush, I can tuck it in tight. I can use it. It doesn't get my string compromised by the brush. I like them, unfortunately. You know, and I love – so I don't have much room to talk because I shoot a Bowtech, and I've had the same bow since 2006. Right. Um, And, I mean, maybe that speaks to the bow. I absolutely love that bow. It is the quietest bow I've ever shot. It is a little heavy. And it is a little cumbersome because it has that split forked um, uh, riser system. Yep, yep, yep. But the cool thing about that is that bow I can actually take down in the field. I don't need a bow press for it. Right, which is so, impressive because yeah. yeah, a bow press. I just looked at one the other day, seven hundred and eighty bucks just yep. for something to get the string off my bow and put a new one on. Right. <laughs> so, um, but that's so for me. I actually went with a recurve bow. So I have had this recurve since I was sixteen years old. And I'm now damn near 40, so was that 24 years ago um, that I got this bow. And I've sold it a couple times and bought it back a couple times, and I just, it's it's a love-hate relationship. Yeah. Well, it was accurate as hell. I remember when we stopped yeah. at the end of that pond, and you racked the couple off at the yeah. end of that stump, man. You were, you were pretty much dead on within the first shot, and that was just because you didn't know your range. Right. So you literally were... We're literally just eyeballing the range yeah. and, and still popping it in within a pie plate. I mean, so you definitely could have killed the turkey. My favorite thing about it is, yeah. is that you put turkey feathers on your arrows. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> so those are from previous turkey experiences. Uh-huh. But, yeah, and that thing, I mean, it, it is, if you want to talk about the hardest way you could possibly go into this situation, it's with a recurve bow, 
with no sights, yes. instinctive shooting, mm-hmm. self basically self-made arrows. Like yes. The sh- I use shafts, but I put my own feathers on it. Yep. Um, I was going hardcore, hardcore, serious hardcore. Yes. So Doubling yeah. down. But <laughs> we were smart enough to bring the shotguns as backup. Yes, correct. Yeah. So so the first day we see that head, we go back to Travis's, we get our stuff set up. We meet everybody, say hi, and basically cook us a big-ass porterhouse dinner mm, um, good too. on my little propane barbecuer, and we hit the sack. Yep. We get up shitting damn near daylight. It was a little after daylight because yeah, we were like feeling pretty lazy after three beers. Five, five mm-hmm. o'clock or so. Yep. yep. And uh, grabbed our stuff, and we headed out kind of thinking that we were going to head back to the same spot, but Travis was telling us about a spot on a different end of the um, refuge, refuge, whatever, you whatever. Call it. refuge is what it is. Um, and so we decided we we're going to try that first, right? Um, but backing up a little bit, we did on the way out back to Travis's house. Once we hit private, we seen a whole crap load of. Oh, um, we got a good video of that. Boy, yeah, oh boy, there's a ton seven, of them. Seven, seven, eight of them. There were seven on one side. Yeah, and I think there was ten or twelve on the other side, and. All of them just, just blowing up. Yeah, they were just freaking out. Yeah, so so that guy's really excited. So anyways, we go to this this meadow, and we go up this other road system, and the meadow looks great. And I think we started out right at, you know, it's, it's kind of foggy, out misty. Yep. We head across this wet, grassy field into this timber, get in the timber, and made a couple calls, had nothing, and we just basically said... Screw this. Yeah, no joy on that spot. Yeah, yeah. we did. We didn't even. We didn't even really try it. I nope. mean, but we got no shot gobbles right at the beginning, and it was like we know there's birds around. Screw it, we're going back where the birds are at. Yep. So uh, we get back over there, and it took us what probably about six thirty or so by the time we hit hit the ponds where yep. we saw the turkey the night before. Yep. And we come around, just getting into the ponds. There's some some thin thin timber. And a couple little meadows right there by, around the lake. And we see some birds right off the bat. Boom. So I drop you off, and I drive up the road and hide the truck. And you can take it from there. Walked across. I got down into the first line of timber before the big open field. And I, if I'm not mistaken, there was three birds. There was a Jake, a Hen, and a Tom. The Tom was on the far right-hand side. The Jake was in the middle, the hen was on the left-hand side, and by the time I breached the trees through probably too much excitement, I moved a little too fast. Right. I created too much movement in the trees, and they saw me. And they head down, and they got on the other side. So there's a, a large open field and then another line of timber. So they once they got on the other side of the timber, they slowed down a little bit. And then I believe... I swooped around. I tried to I tried to stay in the timber I was in and move to the left to get far enough left that they didn't see my movement anymore by the time i got over and you got in they were already deep into the woods and i think we tried to circle around them at that point you went up to the right outside i went down into the left and we both yeah we both tried to funnel them i at that point i was pretty much out of the game i waited for a while but i could hear you messing with them in the far i don't know far right hand side of this 600 yard area or right. so and then when i got far left i came across this creek which i have great video of that had gold in it which nice. is pretty it had pyrite but odds are with pyrite there's gold right so i got some good video of that so that'll be in the, some of the video footage we have and then um once i circled around to the left 
I noticed three hunters uh, with shotguns off to my left, probably 300 yards out. So I kind of backed off, sat at my tree line, hoping that you could swoop those turkeys maybe towards me because I heard you up on the, the right-hand side of me in this little area that you were, you were kind of pushing them back the other way. And that's, that's pretty much as far as I got until you and I talked again. Yeah, well, first of all, let's say that we decided the first full day we're hunting, we're using archery equipment. Yes, we, yeah, we both, both of us had boats. We're complete idiots. Yeah. <laughs> complete morons. I don't know, Egotistical man. Egotistical maniac. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, so basically I parked the truck, I snuck back up around and kind of tried to, to cut a big circle around and, and maybe even try to push them back towards you. Um, by the time I got there, you told me they were already gone, so we kind of met up and made a game plan that mm-hmm. I would bump in on the other side of the creek and go through this this RMZ. You were going to take the other side. And so, anyways, we were gonna we were gonna go ahead and we we're gonna flank these things and we we're trying to get around them. And so you're gonna run one side of the uh, the RMZ. I was gonna try to get up above them on the other side. Unbeknownst to us, because we weren't that familiar with the ground, there was another main road. Yes, right uh, above. 200 yards the other side of the creek. Yep. And then there was a, a kind of a rolling hill. I mean, it was probably about a 200-foot elevation climb. Yeah, not much. Not much. Just kind of a rolling hill, but enough that you could feel it. Yep. And so when I got down in there and I thought I was safe in that RMZ and cover, I, I tried to relocate him, gave him a couple clucks, got a, got a shot gobble. And that was the first time we actually got him to gobble back. Yes. And they started pushing away from us. We thought that was a little weird. But, oh, maybe it was just, we spooked him, whatever. Um, so I just kind of, I just kind of dogged him. And I went up the hill and I would, I would cluck, 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 or, you know, kind of scratch, scratch, scratch. And uh, on my box call and he would shot gobble and then I would creep up and I could kind of, I could kind of tell where he was at, but I couldn't really tell where he was. I could tell he was moving away from me. And my best guess was he was getting to the top of that hill. Right. Because that has been my experience in the past. Those gobblers like to get on high knobs. Yep, so they can see you. So they, they can, can see, see you coming. And they can they can project their voice, yep. right? So I, I kind of knew he was going to do that. I kind of looked at my Onyx map and said, oh, okay, I got topography lines here. He's kind of making a beeline up this, this west face. I'm going to circle around the east face and try to beat him to the top so I don't have to be so quiet. So I did, and I get about halfway around the mountain, and I come to this open kind of meadowy area on the side hill, <laughs> and I'm so I got my recurve bow and all camo, and I had these two does, literally, white-tailed does, walk within 20 feet of me. Had no idea I was there. I'm in the standing in the wide open. They just come bebopping along the hill right past me. Didn't even look at me. Like it was nothing. So I was like, well, that's cool. I could have taken uh, one of those in my, my old recurve. Uh-huh. But uh, wrong season. So uh-huh. I, I kept on moving. Anyways, I did get above this bird and I got him to gobble. And uh, he was kind of, this area is kind of broken up into big ponderosa, uh, small jackfir or trees that are, you know, less than 10 to 15 feet tall. Uh, so it had these like weird meadows and then big trees and then little, little thickets of, of, uh, small trees around it. Right. And so, uh, and then some waist high looked like some kind of huckleberry or, or some kind of berry bush. Yep. Yep. And, um, so 
I'm I'm kind of above this guy, and I gobble, and I kind of locate him. So I kind of lift my head up over this these bushes, and I see his blue head. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. There's nothing in the way. Just a perfect blue head. So He's what you're saying is, if you would have had a shotgun. Yeah, he's 40 yards. He's 40 yards. I'm like, <laughs> crap. You know, like, I am I am deadly with this bow at 30 yards. That's right. my maximum range. 20 yards, I could put it in his eyeball. Uh, 30 yards, I could put it in his body. 40 yards, I don't want to risk it's it. It's hope and a prayer. Yeah, it is. It really is. And I, being his first turkey, first day, I mean, it's not even 8 o'clock yet. Right. Um I guess I'm just, as I get older, my my morals and my ethics get get steeper. I, I don't. You want to make sure you make the purchase on your first shot, right? I, I guess. Yeah, I, I want to put it down. I want to put it down straight. Um, where maybe in my younger days I would just start flinging arrows. Maybe right. I would have pulled a Robin Hood and put three of them in at once and uh-huh. try to you know uh-huh. shotgun arrow him. But uh, so anyways, I said, "Well, shit, I'm gonna call it." You know, he's been calling at me. I'm gonna piss him off. So I, I back back up. And there's like a bench where I'm at, so it it's it's like I don't know 30 percent grade from where he's at for about 25 yards, and then it just drops off onto a flat bench for about 20 yards or so. And uh, so I, I creep back in there and I, I get up against the tree, break up my my body, my silhouette, and I start just chirping on my uh, on my pot call, and uh, which is just you know the ones you guys see with the it's got a little slate and, and a crystal or a crystal or, or metal type surface, and you have the stick and you and you scratch on it. Um, there's also some video of that yep. that we'll have. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, I got a whole bunch of that. But anyways, so I tried just real quietly, just kind of giving some hen sounds to him, and he'd gobble, 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 but nothing was working, nothing was coming. Maybe I got a little impatient, I don't know, but I just raised my head up. Just high enough, like like I said, I'm sitting back 20 yards from this brush pile, and I raise my head up just enough so I could just see that he's still there. And I don't know if we made eye contact or what, but when I dropped my head down, I decided, well, I need to get around this turkey. So he's not coming in, so I tried to flank him, and I went high over the ridge, back down the other side, and came in from the north. Um, and by the time I got to where he was at in that meadow, he was gone. Well, I think the unfortunate thing, though, too, is those other three hunters came in. Well, see, I don't know if they were that high up on the ridge yet with me, but maybe. But I thought, I'm pretty sure I seen him one more time as I was heading downhill. Yeah. Kind of evading me through the brush. Right. Uh, well, that's the thing, man. Once they go silent... They're gone. Y- yeah, they, they head down. I mean, it's it's like uh, it's like watching the velociraptors on Jurassic Park, man. They, they see you, and they head down. Like, they head down to where their head is at their waist, and they just move through the brush man yeah. they don't they don't uh slow down or wait or nothing man nope, they don't they're gone. like a deer will stop and like turn around and look and be like what was that yeah not these suckers man they put their head down they're gone the only way they survive is by not not yes. giving you a second chance yeah there's exactly. no achilles heel on these yeah things. yeah exactly so anyway so i head back down I'm like ah fuck i busted so i head back down and like i said i think i bumped him one more time going down but and that was kind of the first time we really bumped a turkey, and I thought, well, that's that was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, anyways, and then I get down there, and I, I see these three, you know, Bubba boys in their camouflage overalls, <laughs> walking like, walking upright, yeah, with, with their guns in their left hand. <laughs> yeah, it's like they were on a Minnesota or Wisconsin deer drive. Uh huh. 
Um, yeah, there's like three abreast going through the woods at 50 feet, mm-hmm. and it was kind of weird, but I was like, yeah. Well, it looked okay. like they were uh, grouse hunting or something. It looked like they were trying to scare birds up. Yeah, it would remind <laughs> me of guys out pheasant hunting, yeah. you know, beating the uh-huh. brush, or beating the field pheasant hunting. Yeah. But anyway, so I crossed back over the road, eventually caught up with you, um, and then meanwhile, while I was sitting up there calling uh, that turkey, uh, I was looking across the canyon, and that's when I saw that that little tiny dot meadow with all the birds puffed up doing their little dance up there. And it was it was probably a couple miles away, you know, maybe five. It, it could it, easily been five. It was five. It was I, I I I have the ability to look on my phone at what time of day we walked. Yeah, we took. Uh, it, it was. It, we took almost twelve thousand steps. Well, and not to mention we gained at least a thousand feet vertical. Elevation. Oh, at least. Yeah, it was like at boom, least. straight yeah. up. So, anyways, uh, we, we recollected, and I said, hey, I know we've got some birds on this other ridge above the truck. Um, let's go see if we can get them. We know they're on they're on public land, mm-hmm. so let's go after them. And our dumbasses decided to go straight up the frickin' north yes, face. Yes, we did. <laughs> we went. Later, we found that there's a road all the way to the top. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> we drove it. Yep. <laughs> but <laughs> no, we hiked it. <laughs> not us. We just, oh, let's, hey, let's go for it, you know. So we, we just go straight up the damn mountain, and it probably took us a good hour, I would say, 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Um, but we made it, the first part was pretty steep. It was almost a rocky face, and it, pro- it was probably 80% slope, maybe 90% slope. And it took us, I don't know, 10 minutes to climb that. It was about 150 feet elevation or yep, so from the yep, truck. Yep. But we get up there, and I make... Two or three chirps on my box call. Not much, just trying to get a shot gobble. Something. And we didn't hear anything. And so we started heading kind of laterally south and then up this ridge into it into this timber pocket. And we'd get maybe four steps into the timber and we had a bird that yep. we damn near stepped on. Yeah. He um, was right there, off yeah. to our right hand side, just coming in silent. Yep. It's the only bird I think we actually had come in. Mm-hmm. So he was coming in silent, and we we botched the shit out of that. Yeah, we did. So we tried to we tried to surround him, and and he just said no bueno, and mm-hmm. took off. Yeah, you went down. I stayed up, and he just he was gone. He kept he kept fading right. That's the one that you chased down into the creek bottom, and he ended up in a tree above you, and we could not locate. You think him. that was the same bird? I think that was the exact same bird, man. Yeah. I think we chased him around. I kept going up and trying to track to our right. You went down toward that creek bed. Yeah. And I, I'm almost positive we drove him over to you, and once he got tired of being chased, yeah. he lit to a tree, and just yeah. and was up above us, and we couldn't find him. Possible. So anyway, so we so we leave that guy, and we head up to this meadow, mm-hmm. and this is a this is a a testament to why you always shut your phone off. <laughs> Do not, whether you have service or not. Turn your damn phone off when you're in the woods. Yeah, you got no reason to have it on. <laughs> no. So I had no service for a day and a half, so I forgot all about my phone being in my pocket. We get up this meadow. We climb all the way to the top of this damn thing. We got one goblin at us. We have a, a just a barbed wire fence between us. I think yep. it happened Just to, to separate be, cattle, right? Yeah, it, it might have been the Forest Service uh, uh, refuge line. It might have been a, a weird little line like that. But either way, it was public land either side of it. And so we're, we're climbing up this thing, and we know he's right at the top. We're, shit, probably 30 yards from this thing. Maybe. 
And I have a shotgun by now, because now yep. after missing yeah. the first one, I said, fuck And this. I'm still holding the bow. Yeah, you're yeah. like, I'm done with the bow and arrow. Nope. I'm not nope. missing again. Yeah. No, I'm going to kill one now. I, I had my one chance. Um, and anybody that knows me knows that I can't stand to not kill something. So, <laughs> my philosophy, which I have been trying to get better with, is that if I come home empty-handed, I'm honest enough, never will go out again. Uh-huh. Might as well just yeah, bag yeah. it, and, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm super hard on myself that way, but... <laughs> Anyways, so I grab the shotgun for this trip, and we get right to the scene. I mean, this thing is goblin. He's and it's literally at the crest. Now you have to keep in mind too, the meadow that we were on was a sharp knoll. Oh, it was we, like we it was were Roman we nose. Were, we were super steep coming up yeah. with a flat spot on the very top. So, so as we're crest knife ridge. It's, yeah, it, it, there you go. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah, knife ridge. Yeah, it's a knife ridge with the meadow on either side. Yes, timber surrounding it. Mm-hmm. And and so yeah, so he has no idea we're there because he's on the back side of the knife ridge, and you can see him from down below. We can hear him. We know exactly where he's at, but he can't see us. Right. And so we're creeping up. We're like, oh, we're going to keep this ridge between us. We're not going to daylight ourselves. We're going to be golden. I get to where I'm just getting ready to pull my head over the top of the ridge, and my son calls me from halfway across <laughs> the state, asking me where the lawnmower keys are at. <laughs> And that bird took an about face and went downhill about 800 yards and just gone. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. And there we were on top of a hill. There we were <laughs> with an hour and a half, five-mile hike, 1,000-foot elevation gain. <laughs> and what happened? My kid couldn't get the lawnmower started. Uh-huh. So, cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So turn your damn cell phones off. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so anyway, so that bird, I wasn't ready to give up on him. So we decided, well, we got to go downhill anyways. Let's see if we can just dog this thing. Yep. And we dogged that thing. That was a probably about, what, 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock, 11.30? It was, yeah, it was before it noon. Was, it was before noon. It yeah. was, uh, I can probably actually tell you exact time because I have this really cool thing that keeps track of what I did. Yeah. Um, it was on the 16th. It was actually at nine. It was nine fifteen a.m. when we started after that's at, we got on top of the ridge at, uh, eight 45. Okay. And then we started trying to proceed following him because you set up the decoy. Yeah. You set up the decoy and we tried to stay in place on the other side of the knife ridge to make sure he came to us, but like you said, once he figured out where we were, um, 15 minutes later, he was headed downhill. And that's right. about, literally about 9.15, about 30 minutes later, after we kind of nestled down, talked about game plan, he was beelining downhill. And that's when we broke and started going downhill. Right. So we were like, we're heading back to the truck. Mm-hmm. We were beat. Yep. But I couldn't give up. I got him to gobble one more time, and I'm yep. like, son of a bitch. I, I can, I'm going to stalk this thing. So... I started, I mean, going through the nastiest, thickest... Dude, head brush. high brush that oh, I... Oh, it was horrible, man. Like, yeah. I mean, there's still worse stuff. I, I will give it that. There, oh. I've been in worse brush holes. Yes. But that was probably the thickest, nastiest piece you could have found within yeah. 100 miles of where we were at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, and he knew it, too. Man, he, he drugs through. It was blowdown... It was reaching. It was just huck brush. Horrible, thick stuff. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be quiet. Anyways, I'm sneaking downhill and I'm circling around this thing. So I decided to take the 
looking downhill, I take the left flank, you take the right flank. Yep. And so we just kind of dog this thing all the way down the hill. And we are literally taking a step every 10 count, 20 count. Maybe. Yeah. There were some times when I I would pause for three to five minutes just to kind of see if I could hear where he was fucking moving to. Right. Yeah. Cause you, you were, we were, we were doing pretty well at staying about a hundred to 200 yards yeah. away, depending on the terrain. Right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I, I remember. And, and so I would call every once in a while just to try to locate him and he would gobble, mm-hmm. but yeah, he would never, he would, and then he'd take off again. Yep. And that was kind of the first like, Oh shit moment. we're like, Oh, Every time we gobble, we can we locate him, but then he takes off. But he's moving away. Right. He keeps moving away. He's moving away. So we fought that thing and fought that thing until about 5 o'clock. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We walked or chased that thing all the way down the mountain, and it was back and forth. Like, he would run towards me, and then he would would kind of turn and then head towards you, and then we just kept, it was almost like we were were pinballing him back and forth down the mountain. Pushing him back and forth, yep. And finally, I get to a, a fairly steep creek drainage, and I can hear him on the other side, but he's close to the top of it. And I decide, well, screw this. I ain't going straight after him. So I get down in the creek, use the tree, the creek noises as cover, and then also the steep bank as cover. Yep. And I sneak sneak around, and I do too good of a job. Like, this this turkey, I can hear him gobbling. I know he's super close. And I do such a good job of sneaking in on this stupid thing that I actually sneak underneath the tree that he's in, unbeknownst to me. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to him as well. Yes. And so I get under this tree, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a big, thick cedar. You know, it's got it's got big brows, big crown. I can hide underneath this thing pretty well. He's he's running around here somewhere. Never in a million years was I thinking that he was in a tree. Mm-hmm. Above you. Above me. Uh-huh. So I make, I make a, a couple chirps, and all of a sudden he sounds like he's behind me. I'm like, what the hell? And so I kind of sneak around. I'm like, oh, he's circling me or something, you know? So I get out, and I kind of get out on the edge of the crown, but I'm still underneath the tree. I'm, I'm looking around, looking around. I make another chirp, and it sounds like he's behind me. I'm like, well, he's a, what is he doing? Because now he's 180 degrees behind me. Well, what it was, what I realized once you showed up and, and we kind of met up, after that he went silent. But what we'd figured, he was in the tree directly above me. Yep. Yep, and I couldn't see him. Didn't know he was. Didn't even think about him. He could sure as hell see us. Oh yeah, Uh because as soon as I came out from underneath that tree, he shut up. Yep, and me too. Once I saw you, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to be quiet or sneak anymore. So he he knew. He's like, oh well, these two dum dums are down here looking for me, and I'm sitting up here. I'm just going to be quiet. They're never going to know where I'm at because you can't see him in the canopy of that tree. No, we would have to get back a hundred yards with glasses and look for him. Yeah, so that would beat us out, and that was pretty much day one. I think we, we worked our way back. It took us a hell of a long time to get back to the truck. We right. Ended up, we ended up a long ways away from the truck. But um, we get back to the truck, and I think we kind of licked our wounds, and we headed back, I think, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We went back oh. a little little bit before dark that time to yeah. have dinner. Yep. And, but we stopped on the way out. We made a couple uh, a couple uh, shot gobbles on the way out yes. and got some roost, roost trees. Yes, we did. Yeah, so, we did, and we marked them, too. Yeah, and we marked those for the next day. And so the second full day, uh, after we went home, we had, we had surf and turf. Yes, we did. Yeah. (laughs) Porterhouse and tuna, right? That's right. No, we had, we had, yeah. Porterhouse and tuna. Uh Uh-huh. And then, uh, what was it? Cauliflower that night or I think we had broccoli the second night. Yeah. Yeah. 
Actually, no, we had uh, we had the uh, the sausage, the um, oh yeah yeah the the, the lungwurst or yes, lingwurst yes, or whatever it was yes um, lingua lingua yes. lingua sauce so- yeah tongue tongue sauce yes right baby <laughs> so we had that and we had uh, cauliflower steaks mm-hmm. on the grill which were delicious yes um, and then anyways so and then we had some more beers yeah we did a couple and beers a couple beers and anyways we got a Butt crack dog the next morning. So this is what Saturday morning. Yes. Day full day two, and we head in and we park right where we heard that thing gobble on our way out. Yep. And I hit I hit the uh, the old Primo's gobbler. He lights up, and we are like roll out. Did you have this, still have the bow at this time? Uh, no, I had switched. Second day, I switched to the shotgun with you. Okay. I was like, I'm not going to take a chance of missing because. At that point, I realized, like, when I've ever killed a turkey with a bow and arrow, someone has called the turkey past my position. Right. Like elk hunting. Yes. I would sit and wait. Someone would call the turkey, and it would literally pass in front of me, and I would get a nice, clean shot. So I knew at this point there's no way that's going to happen because we had tried and tried and tried, and they're not coming. They're not not coming to the calls like like we need them to. Right. So I figured – to hell with it. At least I know if I get within 50 yards, I can take a good clean shot with the shotgun and take something home. Yeah. Because a bow, there's a lot of movement between ready to shoot and actually shooting. With a shotgun, it's to the shoulder and you have a, a something down range. Well, and I'll just say this because I've been saying it all weekend, but uh, if I had a damn hand grenade, I would have had it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying, man. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that was part of the course for the weekend. Oh, yeah, a hand man. grenade. We could have killed a bunch of critters, man, because there was there was critters everywhere. That's if, for sure. If you if you like to hunt, and I know this is not all people, but if if you have gotten past being squeamish on killing something, which you know everybody has their first time, and and usually after you know the more the more you take it life, the the easier it is to take a life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds kind of morbid to say out loud, but that's pretty that's much the way how it works. Is. Yep. Eventually, it's just, it becomes a revenge type of thing. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you, know? you, you feel like you they're getting the better of you. <laughs> yeah, you don't give a shit about ethics and, and that kind of stuff. You just want that son of a bitch dead because he's put you through so much misery. Uh-huh, yep. And you're just ready to say, hell with it, I don't care what it takes. I've looked at it now as stoicism training. Yeah. Right? To be to be more stoic in my life, to realize that the, um, the hard-pressed things that we do, the things that put us through... Um, mental and physical struggle um on the other end bring us out and make the good things a little bit better yeah for sure Mm -hmm. uh i mean yeah and there was a lot of philosophy lessons on this trip oh it wasn't there (laughs) (laughs) there was there was a lot of lessons learned yes there was um so anyway so day two so we we bolt out of the truck we park get off the road there's a little uh abandoned uh reclaimed logging road and we decided just to beat feet up that thing. And so we, we get out of the truck, we get all our crap together, slurp down the rest of our coffee, and Ooh, get out our get That's out some office. coffee too, boy. Let right? me tell you what. Oh, uh-huh. man, that stuff is strong. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyways, and then we get down to our Onyx maps, and uh, we kind of figure out what the ground looks like around where we're at, make a game plan, and we realize there's it's a hilly country. It's, it's not... Big hills, just kind of rolling, you know, kind of 100, 100 feet up, 100 feet down, 200 feet up, 200 feet down yep, type of yep, things. Yep. Uh, some little little stream draws, some rocky outcroppings. Uh, actually, really cool ground. Yeah. And so 
we decided, okay, well, one of us is going to take the road. The other one's just going to beeline it straight up the face. Well, as usual, I always take Oh, yes. Face. Always got to beat the brush. I always got to beat the brush. And <laughs> I, I've been that way since I was an itty-bitty kid. Yep. Anyways, but so we, we creep up around this thing, and he would shot gobble a little bit so we could keep location, and we kind of circled him, got up above. Yep. Uh, I finally make it to the top of this thing. It's like... I don't know, 6 o'clock in the morning, and I'm sweating. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pulling layers and sweating at 6 a.m. And it wasn't warm out. I mean, it was probably 45. It Maybe. rained the night before. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was cool. That's yeah. for sure. It wasn't hot. So, nice thing about turkeys, they don't smell. But anyways, because <laughs> I, I probably stunk like a, like a skunk's ass. But anyways, so I get up on top finally, and, I could, and he's, he's staying away from me, but he's kind of bouncing back and forth. Yep. Like, he yep. wasn't standing still. He was nervous, or he was looking for something. He wasn't coming to me. He wasn't coming to you. No. But he was just kind of running around in between us. And we're probably, what, 400 yards apart at this yep. point? at the most. I actually got lucky, and after two years, I haven't found a shed in two years. Um, I tr- basically tripped over one of the most beautiful elk sheds. Oh, and fresh. Yeah. Fresh elk shed. Yeah, he couldn't have been more than a couple weeks old. Yeah. The great thing about this this elk, he's a standard five point, but his G three is actually forked, and the whole G G three saber is probably fourteen inches long. Yeah, beautiful. But it's forked at about four inches, and so it's uh, it's got it's actually a six point, but it's it's a weird, truly forked G three, which I thought was super cool. Um, oh, probably it's a great shed, man. one of the first Rocky Mountain sheds I've ever found, uh, and it's still and by far the the biggest shed, mm-hmm. heaviest and tallest shed. Yeah. It was it was all forty eight inches. Yeah. I couldn't believe how fresh it was. That was uh, yeah, that was, was pretty cool. impressive. You usually don't find them that fresh, man. Well, and, and I think we had a conversation about this, and I, I mean, I'm to me, I don't kind of bothers me about the guys that are, you know, the same guys that are lifting their their trucks, their big diesels and the straight pipe in them and, and wearing their flat bill hats and just, <laughs> you know, kind of being douchebags. Yeah. Uh, kind of the me, me, me thing. Mm-hmm. And look at me, look at me. Those guys in their sheds, you know, it's like the Instagram post of the guy with 40 fucking elk sheds strapped to his back. Right, right. Yeah, you hunt, like, you're hunting or you, all you're doing is looking for horns, man. Well, and yeah. I mean, that's cool. It's cool that you're that good at it or what my experience is. It's not that you're good at it. You just happen to stumble into a place that all the bulls, the bachelor bulls, are right. hanging out. And go knock their horns off and every, you got every year. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that actually goes out there and and is beating the brush and, and finds a couple here and there. Right. Uh, to me, that guy is working harder for But anyways, mm-hmm. my big thing is, is like, what are you going to do with that many sheds? Right. You know, I mean, I'd like to, I have, I probably have 150 sheds myself. It's taken me several decades to get those sheds. Right. And I can tell you every situation and every scenario that I got those in, just like I could yeah. if I killed an animal. Mm-hmm. They're special. I just have a problem with the guy that... Is, is scooping them up like uh, agates or something. Yeah. They're just picking them up or to... berries. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. like, what, what are you doing with those? Like, uh-huh. save somebody... Save some of those for other people. You yeah. know, find one or two... Cool man, you are a stud. Mm-hmm. It's awesome you found those sheds. Take them home, but you know, leave something for somebody yeah, else. Man. You know? Yeah, man. I, I don't know. It's 
It may be stupid. Yeah, pass over like, a couple every once in a while, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, and it's like this shit. I, I literally did one circle about 200 feet from that one just to see if I could find the other one close by. And about three quarters of the way around it, I said, you know what? Screw it. Yep. I'm, I'm not even going to look for it. Right. I got my shed. I'm proud that I got my shed. Let the other one lay. Yeah, the shed gods have shined on me uh-huh. and, and, and given me... Yeah, let gift. someone else have their chance, right? Right. Yeah. And so, uh-huh. fuck uh-huh. it. I'm, I'm, I'm turkey hunting anyways. Right. Not to mention that thing was a pain in the ass to try to pack out Ooh, for. Oh, it was heavy. It was heavy. It was awkward. It was a pain in the ass. Oh, it was a big boy. So, um, but anyways, and now I got this stupid turkey in front of me. Right. And he's in my zone, uh, in my zone 200, 200 yards and I, so I start cougaring up on this thing, and I'm, I'm sneaking over ridges through this thick hemlock, through this thick fur, and uh, I finally get to where I'm roughly 40 to 50 yards from this. And I, I know he's there by his the volume of his gobble. Yep. And I'm not calling him. I don't know if you were calling or somebody else was calling, nope. but he was all fired up, and he was calling. Yes, he was. And so I was able to sneak down and pinpoint him and sneak down in on him. And when I got in on him, I had this wall of trees, probably four inch diameter, maybe 15 feet tall. I think it might have even been lodgepole pine. I'm not sure at this point. Semantics. Yes. But uh, I could see through them, but there was enough limbs and branches and stems that I couldn't really make a good shot through them. And I'm looking, I'm looking, I know that thing is right there. And there's a couple on the other side of this, this, this patch of trees is maybe 10 feet wide. And on the other side of it, there's a couple big ponderosas probably i don't know 24 plus uh two or three of them right and i'm i can hear him i'm kind of setting up i'm trying not to move and all of a sudden i see his head pop out from behind one of these trees (laughs) makes a gobble and then he kind of gives like this nervous little like dance run thing where he kind of runs around in a circle then darts behind the tree again it takes off up the hill now there's no way he's seen me i didn't make any noise i don't know what the hell that situation but he took off he was gone and we nicknamed him Sneaky Pete. That's right. It's an old Sneaky Pete. Yeah, which uh-huh. is actually a name that uh, I stole from the Meat Eater podcast, because they actually <laughs> came out with Sneaky Pete originally. <laughs> Did they? But yeah, um, uh, but he was, man. He was he was Sneaky Pete for sure. Yeah. So uh, anyways, we, we met up a little bit later. Yep. Um, kind of made a game plan, and then I think we headed up to look at some new country. We did. We, that's when we kind of sped off and, and looked at the other side. I think the back side of the hill, actually. Yeah. Yeah. We actually ended up driving up the road where the meadow was, where we climbed up to the one with yes. the phone call. And that's incident. when we ran into the gamey. Yeah, and we ran into the fed, or the federal fish and wildlife, mm-hmm. U.S. fish and wildlife yep. Yep. Uh, guy. Uh, he checked us. Yep, super nice dude. Yep. yep. So a little, little word of advice, if you ever get stopped by an enforcement agent uh, while hunting... Be very courteous, be very complimentary and cooperative, and be on your way. Yeah. Don't don't be an asshole. Nope. Don't start shit. Nope. Don't try to make up excuses or nope. give them a hard time. Nope. Because they don't they don't care, man. They're just nope. there to make sure everyone's doing what they're supposed yeah. to be doing. And if you're licensed and uh, doing following things by the rules, man, everything is good, man. Those guys don't mind a, a single bit. No, he, they're, they're usually hunters themselves. Yeah, we know? sat and chatted with him for a while, chatted about what we could do for late season, chatted what we could do with deer. Um, well, even we got some elk information out yeah. of him. Yeah, yep. So apparently there was there's only like, you know, 10 or 15 elk in that area. Yep. 
and not a whole lot of bulls. Yep, and I saw three of them. Yeah, and I saw a cow too. Yep. Actually, it could have been that damn bull without any horns. It could have been. Sure. <laughs> it could have been. I couldn't see his head. I could have seen a bull too. All I saw was one cow for sure, and then two asses. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we we were definitely in the elk. Mm-hmm. Problem with we were turkey hunting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, yeah, but we ended up going over that pass, and ended up dropping into the same drainage of the place on the Forest Service land that we ended up finding all the campers two days before. Yes. Yeah, which we didn't realize we could actually get over there, but mm-hmm. it was what twenty five miles away. Yeah, by by highway. Yeah, and then we ended up cutting up over that ridge yeah. and, and pass. Yeah, and just so, ten or twelve miles or something like that by cutting over that. Yeah, so yeah. then we ended up on a wild goose chase, just <laughs> running, scouting, and, and trying different area. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was it to was, no avail because all that stuff on the backside, like you said, the, the that side of the mountain, man, it's the underbrush is thicker. The yeah. trees are closer together. South side smaller. of the hill. Yeah, south side of the hill. Yep. So, anyways, but so yeah, we well, we didn't see much turkeys in the in the valley. Yeah, and the private oh, yeah. land. Oh yeah, they were private everywhere. land. Yeah, and they're hanging so, out, loving it. Yeah, some mm-hmm. bitches eating grain and freaking worms out of the mowed yards. Oh yeah, <laughs> like chickens, man. Yeah, it was like they were they were in the. Uh, Mexican compounds. Yeah, you know? right. Uh-huh. Yeah, just sitting by the pool, chasing yeah. women, and, uh-huh. and, and eating. drinking tequila. Yeah, drinking tequila. Uh-huh. <laughs> Speaking of tequila, uh-huh. our damn hand sanitizer was yes tequila, and we bought that at uh, the, what was that North place called? Forty? North Forty. Yes, yeah. and it did. It smelled just like tequila with lime. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, it's funny as we got home here uh, when me and Melissa jumped in the truck and we ran over to uh, uh, Home Depot. <laughs> She she used some of it. She's like, kind of looks at me funny, and I'm like, "What does it smell like to you?" She's like, it "Smells like tequila." I'm like, "Exactly, <laughs> exactly." Yeah, it that's smells the, like a damn margarita. That's the conundrum we were having. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that whatever whoever was doing it, they were uh, it was a tequila company that was distilling it. Yep, but distilling uh, some uh, hand sanitizer, yeah, which man. was nice. So I'm glad we didn't get pulled over with that stuff. We could have been in trouble. Uh-huh. But anyways, uh, I think that evening. Was it that? Yeah, that afternoon. Yep. We make it back over to where Sneaky Pete lives, mm-hmm. and we decided we were going to track him for the rest of the day. And so we kind of split up again, but we had some. There were some people in our area or in yeah. our parking spot. Yep. Yep. And so we decided to. Oh, let's start the mushroom pickers. Yep, the mushroom pickers. The guy in the blue shorts. Yeah, right? Mister Mister Blue Shorts. Yep. Blue. Oh, I know he blew one off for me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, we had a couple people that were hunting in our zone, which they had the right to be there looking for mushrooms as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. But they had no concept of what was going on around them, that it was turkey season. Yeah. And then they were in the smack dab in the middle of the turkey yeah, woods. Yeah, with a bunch of dudes with guns. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And so here's a bunch of dudes in complete camo uh, with turkey guns, shotguns, running around in the woods 20 feet from them. Yep. And I'm actually... <laughs> I'm sitting there, and I was just getting ready to call because I'm in a perfect setup. I knew the birds were around. Not too close, but they are around. So I set up against a tree, and I'm getting myself all ready to start calling. And all of a sudden, I hear, Hey, Susan, how are you doing over there? <laughs> and I look, and like 50 yards away from me, here's old blue shorts and, and his old lady. And a red, she had like a red rain jacket or yeah, an REI rain jacket yep, or something yep, on. Yep. And she, they're be bopping through the woods. So I just kind of stand up and start walking towards them, you know, and they're kind of down. I mean, like I'm probably 
20 feet above them on a little saddle. And they're down the creek bottom. And so I walk down. There. It's wide open. Yep. I mean, you can Hardly see Hardly any underbrush. Yep, yep. And I walk down there in the plain open. And he's probably 30 yards from me. She's probably 100 yards from me. And I say, hey, what's going on? And he's looking around frantically like the trees are talking about. I don't know if he was <laughs> picking the wrong mushrooms, mushrooms or what, man. But he's looking around like crazy. And she looks directly at me. And says, oh, yeah, we're just doing some mushroom picking. I was like, oh, cool, you guys find any? And she's like, nope. They were completely startled. Like, I tried and, to be And completely calm. oblivious. Yeah. yeah. I, well, that was why. I, I was trying to be completely calm. Cause like, you know, but I was like, oh, well, I'm turkey hunting, trying to give them the hint. Like, yeah. hey, idiots, get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah. You know, Come on, man. You're screwing up my hunt. <laughs> um, while also trying to get any information out of whether they were finding morels or not, because right. I was interested in getting some of those. Of course so, you were. Yeah. So I was trying to play two edges of the sword there. Uh-huh. But uh, anyways, so they kind of beat feet out of there, which headed over, they headed over they toward did. your area. Yes. And then as soon as I, I was probably 150 yards ahead of them, doing a little bit of low crawling, I had probably 200 yards or so to the turkey that I could hear. And here they come trampling up right behind me. And I'm in my full ghillie suit, camouflage, so I know they can't see me. So I literally pull my hood off, turned around, stepped into the middle of the road, and looked straight at them. And then that's when they both stopped, looked at me, did a completely 90-degree turn, <laughs> and just walked back the other direction. Because I was like... Like, come on, guys. Um, I'm obviously trying to be quiet. I'm like this. I'm I'm at a about a half crouch, just kind of kind trying to sneak up the road a ways so I can get closer to the turkey. And sure enough, stomp, stomp, stomp. Bright blue shorts, bright red shirt. Old blue shorts. Talking like yeah. uh, like you would like you're walking in the mall. Like you're skipping rope. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, same thing. But I think they the, the great thing was I think they kind of got it right away. They were like, "Oh, gotcha. These guys already got. They were here first. They got this area. They're trying to do some hunting." And yeah. they, I didn't see them again after that. Either they, that, or they're completely scared because we were carrying guns. That could have been it. I doubt. I, I think you're probably right. On the first I, I hope that they kind of got it and went, yeah. oh, "Okay, gotcha. These guys yeah. are hunting. Probably not right. the best spot. They were already here." Yeah. Yeah, we're we're screwing up their shit. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so we continue on up the mountain. Uh, I end up finding, which I have a really crappy picture of it, uh, but I end up finding an elk bedded on a hillside. And so uh, I kind of snuck up on it. I got within eh, 25, 30 yards of that thing, and it got up out of its bed and kind of walked up over the ridge, which the top of the ridge was another little meadow uh, in the timber. And so I went up and I kind of did some video with, you know, where the elk was at, what his bed was, showing people how to, you know, track a little bit, showing how some of the, the vegetation had been flipped over, uh, the light-colored side of the vegetation was, was flipped up. And so trying to just show, okay, this is how you track, right? Because right. um, it was a perfect scenario for that. And unbeknownst to me, there's like seven turkeys just... 40 yards from me over the top of the ridge. And I'm whispering, so they didn't hear me. And But I'm just kind of bebopped around. Hadn't heard no turkeys, hadn't seen no sign, didn't even know there was turkeys in the area, uh, which I finally learned that that area, there's turkeys everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you you literally cannot turn a corner without yes. running into a turkey. So 
by the time I seen them, they had already spotted me and were beelining over the ridge, and uh, I had yep. no chance. Over top of that little clover leaf hill up yeah. next to that pond. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. they, and then there, on the backside, there's almost like a cliff. Like yeah. It was like a, like a 50-foot drop. And they just go straight down that bad boy. Yeah, they just fly off of it mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. And so I'm like, well, screw it. And I noticed on my, on my map, there was a little body of water to my left, to the west. And so, very well, I'll go ahead and see what's going on over there. So I sneak over that way, uh, I actually stop, put out the decoy, make a call, set up, make some calls, just screw around. Probably spent 20 minutes there in between where I bumped those other turkeys in the pond. Uh, get up, find the pond, and I no longer find the pond, and I see a flash of Sneaky Pete busting through the timber. Mm-hmm. And he's probably 75 yards out. I caught him with his pants down. And uh, luckily for him, he was able to see me first. Yeah, and he was far enough away that it was a little out of reach. Yeah, he was out of reach uh-huh. of the shotgun, and and it just, I mean, he must have been doing sixty miles an hour yeah. past those trees. It's like head down boop, 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 and boop, boop, moving. Boop, boop. Yeah, yep. it was like a like a picket fence he was running behind. You yep, know? yep. So I'm like, son of a god, dang it, that stupid turkey. <laughs> um. So anyway, so I said, okay, well, he obviously wants me to follow him downhill straight. So I was like, no, I'm going to, I snuck up past where he was at, kind of got on his line of of, uh, transportation, the way he was going, and I just crossed over that and went up the next ridge, got above him, and figured, I'm taking the high ground on this asshole, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to get him. Mm -hmm. So get up there, and I kind of know the direction he's going, and I'm kind of trying to parallel him, but I'm trying to take the high ground. And uh, all of a sudden, out of the blue, he just gobbles. And he's actually down and to my left, probably about 150, 200 yards. And kind of going in a different direction, like 50, 60 degrees off of the direction I was going. I'm like, oh, that son of a... Little sneaky, sneaky bastard. So I kind of backtrack a little bit and I get down to where uh, I last heard him. And I make a quick little couple chirps, and he gobbles. And so I'm thinking all of a sudden, okay, back up a day, back up a couple years. What is my experience telling me? And it's telling me it's 5.30 at night now. Yep. That sucker has been silent for six hours. I've been chasing him. He's been silent. All of a sudden, he starts gobbling. He's got to be in a roost. Yes. He's got to feel like he's safe all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. He's safe, and now he's squawking. He basically feels that he's safe, and he's like, screw you, dude. Uh-huh. Here you go. Yeah. And so, instead of calling again, I just, I knew I was in 100 yards of this thing. At least 100 yards. So, I stop, I lay down on my back, I get in open area, and I just start glass him with my binoculars just start scanning the trees because i know he's in a tree um it took me probably i don't know two minutes minute and a half two minutes and i find him and he's about 75 to 100 yards out and i'm like and he's probably 50 60 feet up in a tree fir tree mm-hmm. and he's facing straight away from me so i'm like well crap i gotta get closer and I, I, this is the one time i didn't grab my rangefinder. one time i left my rangefinder in the truck mm-hmm. and uh so I sneak, 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 and I'm not being super cautious because I'm I'm pretty confident he's not going to bust out of that tree. And so I get to 50 yards, or what I'm assuming is about 50 yards. Later, it would be known that it was actually 55 yards. 
But I get to this tree, and uh, he's facing straight away from me. He's 50, let's just call him 50 feet in the tree. And I'm like, ah, man, you know, I've been practicing all season with my bow. Um, I have never tried this newer extra full choke tube with this shot. I don't know exactly what it's patterning like, which is the absolute no-no when it comes to turkey. Yes. I know there's no turkey load, turkey choke tube out there that I can't hit a turkey at 40 yards with my shotgun. Right. So that's kind of my Mm go-to. But if you're shooting 50, 60 maybe even sometimes 70 yards. Right, you need to know that pattern, man. That's that's kind of getting out there uh, and kind of getting into more of the marksman style of a shotgun. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, like, yeah, it's just like right on the edge of that range. I don't know. I don't want to wound him. Where I got morals in my life, I don't know. Where I got ethics (laughs) in my life. It's from age, man. I don't know. Um, Because realistically, if I would have had a hand grenade, I would have thrown it at him. (laughs) But... So I'm like, no, I got to get about 10 yards closer. And so I make about two steps and I hit a branch or a crunch, crunch, snap. The sucker didn't even look at me because I'm, I'm literally dead behind him. He can't see me. He just, as soon as that thing cracked, he just rocketed out of that tree like, like a missile. Mm-hmm. And, uh. And I, and I searched for him for probably an hour and nothing. Yeah, he gone. just went down over the back of that hill. Yeah. And uh, never seen that damn turkey again. And that was pretty much it. The caveat to that is that the next day I had taken a waypoint there on my Onyx. Yep. And I went and I had to go back up in that country because we were hunting that country Yes, because we hunted that spot because remember we found, that's where we found all the scratches. Yeah. The roost tree. Yeah. The pond. The the two point the two point the two point white tail mm-hmm. yeah I mean the, everything was up there that was just a yeah, beautiful well, I, place I seen those I seen those three white tail going up there mm-hmm. inside. but anyways so the last morning we hunt that area and we we went back up the same area thinking that old sneaky Pete not very smart he's gonna be back up there well no he was gone we, yeah. we blew him out of the country yeah. But I was I did realize that I lost my my crow call that I've had for several decades. And, uh, so I, I took and headed back up to where I took the waypoint of him in that tree, see if I could find my, my crow call, which I didn't find, but I was able to, I had my rangefinder with me and I was able to reenact the scenario and stand by the same tree and range the exact spot that he was in the tree and yep. it came out to be 55 yards. And so being that we were almost done hunting, uh, we were on our way home and there's no turkeys in the area, I said, I'm curious. Let me would take I, a shot. <laughs> would, I, would I have killed it? And uh, to rub salt on the wound, I took the <laughs> shot, and it was a perfect pie plate shot at that branch, at that distance, and I would have killed that son of a bitch dead to rights. And I and that's twice on and the trip that you could have had a turkey. Twice. <laughs> so... Anybody that says I'm a greedy murder and son of a bitch is full of, full of crap. That's right. Uh, <laughs> apparently, I have morals. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, it, I'm glad I didn't take that shot. I mean, it was an ass shot. I could have got the head from there. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Right. I mean, the 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 21 year old me would have shot it in the ass. Absolutely. Let it flop out of the tree, and then I would have just. I would have given an execution style the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I would have done a dance on its head because. Right. I just, when you're 20 years old and full of testosterone. You don't like, think well, about all that kind of no, stuff, man. No, all you want to do is uh-huh. murder things for uh-huh. no reason. 
Um, yeah, that's the truth. So, you know, maybe the turkey gods are shining on me now because I have a good omen around me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But all I know is that I missed an opportunity twice on what I thought were unethical shots, and I'm glad I didn't take them. Yeah. As much as it pisses me off. Um, I never got close enough, man. I, I, I never got within... Because I, I feel com- real comfortable within 50 yards. The closest I think I got was 60 yards, and that was on the final day. You just have to learn to levitate. Yeah, That's right. my secret. Yeah, you just levitate. You just levitate. <laughs> is that what it is? They don't yeah. hear you when you levitate. Yeah, shit, man. <laughs> that last day, man, I saw that one. He was 65 yards out probably, and I, I did all I could do to not daylight myself. But like I said, not, not, even that, like you said, that last day, man, that same location where they were all at, there were scratches, there was scat, there was a roost tree, there was water source, it was top of the hill, and still, I mean – they were not making a noise no. on the last day. Not well, a single peep. So, I mean, like I said, I am no turkey expert by any means. Um, I just play one on this on this radio station. Right. <laughs> but uh, all the all the research that I've done, all the other people, the experts I've listened to, they talk about barometric pressure. And that last day... Um, the weather was changing. The weather was changing. We had a, we had a big front coming in. It was, was going to start raining. The barometric pressure was definitely dropping. Yeah. And I think that's what shut him down. Yeah. I think if we would have had a consistent day like we did the day before. Yep. Um, those turkeys are still there. Yeah. We didn't blow them out. No, I mean, no. they might not, they might have been a quarter mile away. They just weren't making noise, man. No, they, they were doing were. their thing. They were staying hunkered down. Yeah. And it was getting towards the end of the season. It was. That's the other thing about this that was new to me is that usually I like to hunt the opener. The yeah. opening week or, yep. or second week. Yep, when they were hot and heavy. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the first time I've gone six weeks into the yeah. season. And they're still acting stupid. They were. Mm-hmm. Um, but stupid and smart. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was there was definitely, a, it was definitely a different type of hunt. Usually yeah. it's, they're completely dumb. It's hunting the peak of their rut. Right when you hunt, right, and they're come, they're 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 running towards the call instead yeah. of a little more leery about the call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and 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 that area too, we found out later that it gets a lot of pressure. Yeah, um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of hunting that goes on there, and a lot of those birds that we were chasing were probably two to three year old birds. So right, so they'd seen a season or two. Yeah, this isn't their first rodeo. They know yeah. how the system works. Um, yeah. It beats the crap out of shooting a bunch of jakes that. Have yep. no clue what's going on, you yep. know. Yep. Yeah, we were hunting wily turkeys. We were hunting um, with primitive weaponry. Yep, and kind of unfamiliar territory. And unfamiliar territory. Yep. So if I had to write, uh, so in the fire world we have what we call ten and eighteen, right? So that's your watchouts. So uh, things that you don't do in certain situations to keep your ass alive, right? Right. Um, and so if I had to write some. In the turkey woods, it would be very similar. Don't go into areas you're not familiar with <laughs> before you have a chance to scout them out. Yeah, you, right, right, right. <laughs> when the when the weather conditions are right, but don't 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 work above it. Anyways, it just you could go into a very similar situation with all the stuff that we dealt with, and I feel like we learned that you you can you can spot and stalk those things. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But you gotta take your time, and you gotta be so slow, yep, so diligent. Like you got, and you gotta be able to to give up on turkey. Yeah. Once they spot you, 
Once they know you're around... Move on to the next section, man. You, yep. Yeah, it's not like elk hunting where you can dog them. Right. And, and piss them off and get them to turn on you, or they're going to forget yeah. what, what uh, that you're there. Yeah. Your best enemy... Well, I, and the turkeys don't turn to check. Other animals, no. other other animals that are prey animals, dude, they turn and check. They get in a safe distance and they look back. Yes, that gives you no. a chance to kind of creep up on them. Yeah. These guys do not do that, man. No. They don't do that. Not they they all. beat feet. They beat feet They're and they gone. get away from you. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that that pretty much was our trip in a nutshell. Yeah. I think uh, we ate some humble pie, some more porterhouse. Uh huh. Um, had some, some cauliflower steaks and some tuna. And had a damn good time. Oh, man. It was great. It, yeah. was, it was awesome. Yeah. Nothing like staying in a damn hay barn. And yeah. I can't wait to do it again, man. I know. <laughs> it was great. But, so now we have elk season. Yes. So, I gotta get, get my ass in gear and start planning elk season. Um, the only thing that's gonna screw that up is fire season. Or possibly if I draw my, draw my moose tag. Which Ooh. I know. I doubt I'll talk about That'd so, be nice. That would be cool, but I got I did get a multi-season deer tag this year, so I'm going to archery muzzleload and rifle for deer. That is awesome. And, that is awesome. Uh, but you know, you know me. The yeah. first spike I see with my bow, it's going down. Yeah. And it, yeah. I just spent $130 on a tag that yeah. I got for 45 Exactly, yeah. Well, and that's me, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to archery those things until I start dropping them. I've done enough rifle killing. Yeah, I wanna I wanna do the old archery thing, man. I like it. I told you what I'm gonna do though for muzzleloader, right? Huh. So remember Grandpa's 45 caliber muzzleloader? Oh God, had, yes. The, the Pennsylvania rifle he had on the wall, uh huh. The replica that he built in the 70s. Yeah. I'm gonna kill a deer with that son of a bitch. Have you shot it yet? I'm getting there. Yeah. I have run some progression caps and some powder through it. I have not run a ball and, and patched through it yet, um, because I'm not. It's a it's a forty-five caliber. Right. It's a round ball and patch, so it's a little harder than most of your modern stuff. Right. I haven't got into that stuff in like twenty years, so I have to call. There's a couple. There's a couple companies online that carry all that stuff, and that they can literally dial you in to your bullet and your patch combination to fit your gun, because not every. It says forty-five cal, but those those calibers right. weren't exactly perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes... Because well, didn't they usually, when they had an old weapon like that, wasn't the barrel married to the actual casting yes. for the lead? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and so a lot of what they'll do is that they'll they'll get 45 cal, but then you'll change your patch thickness until you find a patch thickness that works. That, yeah, that makes it nice and, and tight in the barrel. Yeah, yeah so you're, you might be shooting, instead of a 45 caliber bullet, you might be shooting a 44.5 yeah. or whatever. right, right, right. And then they'll use a uh, like a fifteen or ten thousands patch, so it fits nice and tight. But you don't want it too tight, but you want it tight enough that'll actually you know give you some twists and give you some accuracy. Mm-hmm. I just haven't opened that can of worms yet. Um, I actually, <laughs> I have so that gun is is I forget the twist on it. Now. So you mean between the the ducks, the chickens, the dogs, the bird hunting, the elk hunting. The deer hunting. The podcasting. The podcasting. Firefighting. The firefighting. Forestry. The forestry. So you don't have enough time? Wait, wait, wait. Why not? Grab up the property. <laughs> That's right. The pro- the 20 acres of property that you have to manage the trees on. Yeah. Uh, the new building site. Yeah. Uh, the kitchen, or no, the bathroom remodel that don't you're in the middle of. Don't forget about the kids, the three kids and their sports. Right. Yeah. Oh, so you don't have enough time to... 
And don't forget about rebuilding the engine in, in the, the Toyota 4Runner. <laughs> for the kids. Um, uh, isn't that life, though? Then it yeah. always just catch up to and, us. And then all the shit the wife wants you to do right. on the weekend. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. The honeydews and but the But then trips. squeeze in the match and the, the lead to the muzzle yeah, loader. Yeah, right? it's going to happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? So, yeah. I don't know, man. Shit. But, it, worst case scenario, I have an inline 50 caliber muzzleloader. Then all I got to do is drop in two, two Pirate X pellets and a belted bullet. 405 grain belted bullet and put a hole in something's ass. Nice. Texas hard shot straight through. Nice. Done. Um, but yeah, so that, that's pretty much it, man. That's, that's the Turkey trip in a, in a nutshell. Um, we were unsuccessful, but very successful, I think. Yeah, I think Um, so too. Yeah. No, no animals brought home, but man, uh, definitely a memorable trip. Yeah. You know, I have a really hard time with, not having meat in my freezer. Yes. To me, my entire life, it's been a meat hunter. Mm-hmm. And it's it's always been... My friends have given me shit for this for 30 years. But if I don't put meat in the freezer, I don't consider it a successful hunt. Right. I don't feel that going out and running through the woods all day long and spending $400 to do so for a weekend is vital or is, is justifiable. Right. And, but this trip, because of the knowledge that I learned about the bird. Yep. Yep. Uh, area, new area learned. And yep. the only thing I didn't do was pull the trigger. And yep. I had the opportunity to pull the trigger. So to me, it was a successful hunt. Yes, I didn't get any meat for the freezer. But, God damn it, I learned more about that bird. And next time, that son of a bitch is dead. Yeah, yeah. Meet in the yeah. freezer next time for yes, sure. Yes, it will be. Absolutely. So, and maybe even a couple months from now when fall season hits. That's right. Uh-huh. Got to fill those tags. I will get revenge. <laughs> and I will get me a hand grenade if possible. That's I gotta, right. I got to see what kind of permits I need to get for, for a hand grenade. For a, hand grenade. for a legal hand grenade. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Well, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for coming out and doing this, Josh. Absolutely. And, uh, Anytime. Hopefully we'll do some more soon. We better. All right, man. All right. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and all the other podcasts that I have recorded. If you have comments for me or maybe you have a suggestion about a new podcast or maybe something that you want me to research and find an expert that might explain it better to you, get a hold of me at weinke333 at gmail.com or you can also find me on Instagram at Mediocre Outdoors. If that doesn't work, you can always get me on Anchor anchor.fm leave me a message mediocre outdoors thanks i appreciate it and keep listening